0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John Toaster and J-Rob here, and we've got your week 11 recap coming at you. And do we want to talk news first at all? There was kind of a, a freaky little contract uh, situation that just popped up before we started potting here with Taysom Hill. Um, anything you want to dive into there, Toaster, before we get going?
1: How the fuck are we paying this guy so much money and he's (laughs) not like the Saints are drowning right now and he's one of their solutions and they just keep sticking with Trevor. I I don't understand it. I mean, I get that there's it's an incentive laden contract for sure, but if he's your guy, he's your guy like you decided that he was your backup quarterback and now you're going to your third string quarterback to try to lose to the Eagles. It just I dumbfounded.
0: Well, it also, so the deal, um, is $40 million, correct? Over four years, the extension, uh, with incentives. Can, that we, could wait, get him... Can we
1: jump in real quick? Is this one for real? Cause didn't he sign like a hundred and million dollar five five-year contract
0: like six months ago too? Yeah.
1: Like this one's yeah, but those.
0: This one's real, real. Cause okay. those had just a bunch of void years. Um, and it was basically all going to go away. So in order to keep him they've got his extension um it actually lowers his cap number next year from what it was supposed to be on his weird fake deal and then um it's basically 40 million over 4 years with incentives that could get him up to i think like 95 million if he ends up actually being a quarterback and like not totally sucking ass over the next 4 years um but what's even if you're basing it off of tight end value he's like the eighth highest paid tight end in the league right now and he's got like less than 300 receiving yards on the season i mean it's just but it's how many of your founding... tight ends are also on kick coverage so like you got to think about the special teams great values value. yeah yeah that's yeah, that's yeah, always where pe-
1: that's where always pe- people invest
0: yeah and I understand. I mean, this almost just feels like a fuck you to salary cap analysts from the Saints that are saying, like, not only are we going to continue to spend money and hand out these egregious contracts, but we're going to continue to do so for Taysom fucking Hill, like, it's just such bullshit and i don't i don't know whether to respect it or think like they're just doing the dumbest thing possible and now that they don't have a hall of fame quarterback anymore they're about to be in some serious deep shit. but um very very weird news drop and i just and i don't know what we're doing here right now like yeah week
1: 11 was not opening up salary gap space or setting them them up for success long term it, if anything, it's that they're turning to him for the first three quarters because Trevor Simeon is lights out in the fourth quarter. So yeah, they just need somebody to carry Magic. them through the, the first half and, and the third quarter. And maybe that's Taysom Hill and that's where they're going with this. So they're like, we're gonna we're gonna start getting new snaps. I mean, it's two hundred and twenty five dropbacks. What is
0: it, pass attempts? Um, for the incentives um i haven't seen the full list yet
1: but anyway so whether if it's 225 pass attempts you can get that in the first half and maybe that's where uh they're going with this it's just like we're we're going going with the two qb system we're just not alternating them out you know play by play we're saying you get the first half let's wear them down and then trevor simeon will pick there up you go Seconds. there you go
2: Question Do you think they're trying to restructure some stuff to where they can then maybe cut their current tight ends and call someone like Phillip Rivers to then maybe move Taysom to a full time tight end position with incentives in the event that he does end up playing more of a wildcat position? And because they showed interest in Teddy and Denver said no, and Phillip always has let it like kind of open, being like, you know, I'd come back. Do you think there's a chance that like the Saints are would go for? Rivers, or do you think this contract makes it hard to do anything at this point?
1: I mean, I will say, get I guess lost in the lead is that they did lose Adam Trotman to an MCL sprain for four to six weeks. So he is going to see an uptick in responsibilities, but in theory, uh, yes, but uh, not uptick to top end tight end production. It's not like you're replacing Rob Gronkowski or Tony Gonzalez with Taysom Hill all of a sudden. It was
0: Adam Troutman. right? Well, and Toaster, you'd probably know this uh, better than me off the top of your head, but the Saints don't really have a lot of restructure options remaining, do they?
1: No, they're still in a lot of salary cap peril next year. Um, this year, they had some flexibility, and that's why they were able to offload 100 million in contracts. But next year, they're they're set up to be a much tighter uh position not i'm not going to put them in falcon status but they they don't have as many opportunities to maneuver and hang on to their superstars
0: yeah for sure okay well um i think that's enough Taysom hill talk honestly uh for one episode so uh maybe we can get on to the games unless you have any additional thoughts
1: no i mean spread the word right spread the word missionary style like we need to get Taysom Hill's story out there. Let's get this engraved on some gold tablets or something. Let them let everybody
2: know what's up. Oh god! It's still so unforgivable they didn't get Alvin Kamara that read option for his seventh touchdown last year. But I digress. Criminal, <laughs> criminal still bitter about that one. It was a <laughs> dude that would have been an all time record, and he kept it on like the easiest read ever. But yeah.
1: Anyways, just letting people like freaking Taylor stay in the game, compete for most touchdowns in uh, a single game history, but I don't think we're starting off with that one. We're starting off with the victory, which is something that we haven't
0: said on Thursday night very often. Yes. Uh, So we were both on the Patriots in this one minus six and a half in Atlanta for Thursday night. Patriots shut out the Falcons 25 to nothing. Not going to lie. I was really getting amped up for a 28 to three score at some point here. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't get that. But that's now five straight wins for New England. Um, McCorkle put up another impressive, yet somehow equally unimpressive effort um, in the win. That's kind of his MO at this point. But um, they're just running the hell out of the ball. They're taking care of the ball. Max getting the ball out quick. And I mean, the Falcons weren't going to put up much of a fight against the way the Patriots are playing right now anyway, but the Patriots, as we sit here are now the third seed in the AFC, they have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs based on conference, uh, win percentage, but seven and four, I mean, with the bills loss and we'll, we'll get to that in a little, in a little bit, but Patriots are now first in the AFC East. Once again, water is wet. Like what else is new? Fucking here we go. Bill Belichick again, right?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I said it when everybody was down on them at, with a seven and nine record, with Cam Newton, and that was missing eight starters. Like this, that Bill Belichick was n- not. I mean, Tom Brady was not holding the Patriots up by himself. There was considerable defense, especially in the early years, right? Like, if yeah. you want to talk dynasties, three of those Super Bowls came when defense was pretty much lighting up lighting up the scoreboard for them i'm not gonna say carrying water because i don't want to take anything away from what tom brady was able to do but like this is a, it was a symbiotic relationship and i think people were too quick to jump off the the bill belichick uh, bandwagon he's doing this oh, yeah. with uh, i mean it, a damn rookie like i guess dat came in won 13 games his, his first year but that was they had a lot of superstars around him right very good offensive yeah. line, a lot of top tier wide receivers, and McCorkle Jones is doing this without anybody that you would consider a top tier wide receiver, right? I know I understand yeah. that stats are depressed in New England from a wide receiver standpoint, typically, but I don't think that you're really depressing Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne beyond what was expected of them. Is that accurate?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, I think it's an unspectacular um supporting cast but it's solid and Belichick and Josh McDaniels will put together a game plan their offensive line is playing a lot better now they're able to run the ball right down people's throats right now which has been huge and I mean the pieces fit right like you get something a little different with Aguilar with Bourne with even Nikhil Harry caught a few passes in this game he's found a role within that offense. I mean, he's one of the best blocking receivers in the league. I mean, hell, they maybe should just convert him to tight end um, full-time at this point. But it's everyone plays their role in that offense, right? And you're not asking Mac to do anything exceptional when they have asked him to step up in certain moments he has. But um, this is just classic New England shit here. And it's just hilarious that... Mac Jones had pre-draft all these, you know, Tom Brady uh comparisons. And here we are. I, I know like it got heightened again when they drafted him, but it's like it really does feel like early years Tom Brady. And I, it's just it's wild to watch. I said, I said
1: last week was the one that put the AFC on notice, and this was just another shellacking that defense is been incredible. And again, this is without yeah. Stefan Gilmore um, not saying that intercepting Josh Rosen or intercepting Felipe Franks is, uh, you know, impressive, but to get four interceptions and against three different, atlanta quarterbacks um for at least atlanta that hadn't happened in damn nearly 30 years it's just that everything's coming together for them and that's what they in september they feel themselves out and the rest Mm -hmm. of the season is them just trying to execute and as long as they are able to execute and again their margin of error is much less than a lot of teams because of the lack of explosive plays available to them in the passing game but if i mean (laughs) i mean Ramonder Stevenson averaged 5.8 yards per carry. Damian Harris was 5.6 yards a carry. You're that's there you don't lose if you're able to
0: pull that off because that means you have to be successful on two out of three runs and you're good. And they'll commit to it. You know what I mean? Like they're that's not a coaching staff that's going to shy away from the run because they get bored with it. They're like, Oh, okay, you can't stop it. Well, here you go. Here's 10 more runs right up the middle. Yep. So yeah, impressive win by New England. Um Atlanta just, man, they're in a very, very tough spot. You mentioned their salary cap situation again, and I know they got Kyle Pitts. That's exciting. I believe Calvin Ridley is coming um, off the injured list this week, so they'll get him back. That's good, but they do not have a lot going for them outside of that. Um, I suppose Cordero Patterson that's that's their guy right but um it's tough it's tough in Atlanta right now yeah never good to look at zero burgers no definitely not all right um moving on to the Sunday night game the Steelers at the Chargers Chargers win this one 41 to 37 so the Steelers actually end up covering um I'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh one of us uh was right on that one yeah um i i mean herbert balled the fuck out right so he was he was 30 of 41 382 yards three touchdowns he did throw an interception um but i have serious concerns about the chargers true ceiling as a team because of this defense i mean giving up 37 points to the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not
1: even worried about the 37 points. I'm worried about the 27 points that happened in the fourth quarter.
0: Right, right. And you would hope that they would be able to step on their throat and close it out. And yeah, it's, I know the Chargers, Brandon Staley's a defensive coach, right? He's brought that scheme over and it does, they have been able to execute it. Uh, fairly well throughout the year at times, but I don't think they have the personnel on that side of the ball quite yet. And it's really, really hurting them. Um, Herbert breaking out was great. You know, they needed that and maybe it gives them a little bit of confidence as they move forward here. I mean, they're they're sitting there in the sixth spot in the AFC and they have the tiebreaker over Buffalo um, currently based on win percentage in conference games. But I mean... My note on the Steelers here is: thank God for the analytics movement, because otherwise we'd be looking at Big Ben's season as being like decent. Like mm-hmm. ten years ago, we would have looked at his line and been like, "Oh, he threw for two seventy-three and three touchdowns." Like, you know, what a what a performance by the forty-year-old Ben Roethlisberger. And it's like, no, like actually watch the fucking games. Like he's. It, it's impressive that they put up 37 points, but I mean, we talk about it every week. Seemingly, that the Steelers the, are in trouble. There,
1: the win probability chart on this one looks like the Steelers' playoff chances, where just like it's going down, it's going down, <laughs> and there's like one little blip, and it's like, no, we can do this, and it's gone.
2: Um, and it's, <laughs> I, I,
1: how? I mean, this is why again, just to since we just talked about the Patriots, why all three phases of the game are are so important because you had that blocked punt, which changed the, I mean, it's not like it brought him back, but then after um, Justin Herbert got assaulted, he threw into the face, I'm assuming in retribution, right? back into Cam Hayward's face mask. And I don't think I've seen a ball in the air longer than that ball was like that was legitimately a punt and they, it's just those back-to-back fluky plays, get them right back in it. If you were to tell me that, the Steelers were going to cover with Najee Harris running for less than 40 yards. I would have
0: said, you're, you're batshit insane. And that's yep.
1: why we love football.
0: Yeah, totally. So the Steelers now fall to five, four and one. Thanks to that lovely tie against the Lions last week. Um, they are on the outside looking in They're just behind the bills for that last playoff spot. Um, we'll get to some of the other AFC North games, but they're still right in the mix in that division if they can manage to stay afloat. But, um, yeah, chargers, uh, this, this was a win they needed definitely a win they needed after how they've played the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, no, I think that this game showed me a lot about Justin Herbert and that uh, I'm just so conflicted with that defense because they, they were put in, Two positions that I mean, fourteen of those points were not basically the defense's fault, right? You can't. Right. It if you, they score fourteen points off of getting the ball inside the twenty-yard line twice, it it is what it is at that point. So them holding again, Najee Harris to less than forty yards kind of gives me a little bit of hope that they might have something. So um, yeah. don't don't count them out yet, but you can't you can't give up twenty seven points in one quarter and
0: expect to make the playoffs yeah we'll see how this plays out but the chargers hopefully can use this game as a turning point
1: well and this is the second time right they i think there are 41 points scored in this fourth quarter and weren't there like 48 points scored and their are uh little back and forth with the browns
0: yeah i think Something you're right like yeah, that. That, yeah that game so, was that game was fun yeah I was so
1: i mean like i said we we pick things for entertainment value this is one on the on the parlay that we had to take because it was a Sunday night game, but chargers will at the very least be entertaining similar to the Vikings.
0: Yeah. I'll let you get into that one. Uh, tee up here. First Packers at Vikings. Um, this was your bonus pick. You took the Packers. Lock of the week. <laughs> of the week. Um, you took the Packers. They end up losing to the Vikings 34 to 31 on a last second field goal. Surprisingly, the Vikings have a field goal go their way. Um, I think at the time they were Packers were two and a half point favorites when we made these picks. Um, Looks like they closed at one and a half here. But uh, yeah, uh, what stood out to you about this one?
1: I mean, this was the coming out game for the rookie, Justin. Oh, he's not a rookie. Oh, they should have been understood that he was fucking the best receiver on the team. Okay. (laughs) I don't understand how the, I think they were either a second or third in passing defense coming into this game. And they just let Justin Jefferson run free in the secondary over a hundred yards receiving in the first quarter. Um, and then I, it was either first quarter or early in the second quarter. Also got basically a 50-yard pass interference penalty. They it it was egregious, quite frankly. That defense and Kirk Cousins still tried to do everything that he could to be a Minnesota Viking out of this. He essentially th- he's he Darnell Savage had three interceptions. One was called back on. What was by the letter of the law a legitimate roughing the passer penalty and then dropped two other ones, but th- the last one was one in on that last drive. Looked like he had it and came back from commercial break and was like, "Oh, it's not the Packers' yeah. ball anymore." Like I thought yeah. we had this wrapped up. There was two plus minutes left, thinking, "Okay, all we need to do is get into field goal range and and uh Aaron Rodgers has this covered." But and then Kirk Cousins tried to throw. He threw a back shoulder route two yards up the field that would have easily been intercepted when the defensive back turned around. That was already behind him because he's like, "What? Where the hell did you throw this?" So basically, two interceptions tried to be thrown on that last drive, and he turned it into a game-winning field goal. This gives me zero confidence with the Vikings, but heck, <laughs> they're what sixth place right now. They're in. They're in the playoffs if the season yeah, ended today.
0: Better lucky than good for exactly. sure. I mean this this to me is probably I mean you mentioned the the two near interceptions on that last drive, but this has to be the best win of the Zimmer uh Cousins era, potentially. I mean is um, it the only
1: time they've beaten the Packers?
0: Because yeah, I would I, give them that. I don't have it off the top of my head, but it it's if it's not well the beat. first time, it's yeah, one
1: of the few. I know Rogers um, was 15, eight and one coming into this game against the Vikings. So um, now hmm. 15, nine and one, I, I haven't seen them being competitive recently. So it's Kirkers it's, is yeah.
2: three, three and one against the Packers. Exactly okay.
1: what we were saying. It's basically a 50, 50 shot. Why would you ever lock this up? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. That, thanks for pulling that one, J Rob. Um, yeah. I mean, this one was entertaining at the very least, right? Rogers went for three eighty four tuds Kirkers. Went for 341 and three tuds. Jefferson scores with 224 left. And then on the ne- the very next play, <laughs> Marcus valdez Scantling, 75-yard touchdown um, to tie it. And then, you know, we talked about uh, what sort of transpired on that last series for the Vikings. They kicked the game-winning field goal. Um, saw this stat. Cousins has now 25 career games with 300 passing yards and three touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers only had 24 such games in his first 10 seasons. So Kirker's one upping Aaron Rodgers there.
1: The Dan Marino of our era.
0: Yeah. Well, surprise, you know, Dan Marino actually. And
2: um, Dan Marino leads that stat and Kirk Cousins is second behind him. Yeah.
0: (laughs) yep, 26 times for Dan Marino. So uh, we'll see if Kirker's can catch him. But uh, yeah, I mean, Vikings. This was, this was a really, really big win for them. You mentioned how they're now uh, back in sixth place, but, um, or not back in sixth place, but they're in sixth place. And outside of maybe the 49ers or the Eagles, who seem to be looking a lot better now. I mean, any of those other teams vying for those last two playoff spots in the NFC really scare you if you're Minnesota. I mean, just, you know keep I mean, pace you have two games remaining against the bears so i mean they have to be feeling pretty good about where they're at right now
1: i was going to say if anything scares me about if i'm a minnesota vikings fan it's the minnesota vikings like they yeah they <laughs> they're hot then they're cold and it happens within the same game i mean the the letdown they had against the ravens they had the cardinals on the ropes it, it's a good team and i'm i'm happy for mike zimmer that hopefully this puts the hot seat talk behind him until their next two collapses.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Until the off season. Anyway. Um, All right. Anything else on this game before we move on to my bonus pick here?
2: Um, The Vikings using Jefferson, the halfback position is fucking terrifying. They just put him next to cousins and it just gave a guy who already can create space, like seven yards of free space to just, he just destroyed people from that position. And I know yeah. like the Chiefs love to run like action, like kind of around Mahomes with the receivers, but I don't know. It seemed like having him there, you could you have the threat of like a toss or a quick screen, or he just tears up linebackers. And it was they had no no answer for it. And I think you could yeah. probably take a lot from that if you're any team that has well, a guy and, that can get open. And I think that it's gonna be difficult to scheme
1: against regardless but to pull that out like he that's not those aren't positions that he's been lining up in this year so to throw that out against your division rival where mm-hmm. basically this they were on the ropes this game right like if they lose this yeah. game their their playoff chances at the is pretty level set but it was going to be difficult yeah to throw that out against the packers a top defense was ingenious and i completely agree with you jay rob um that's going to be something that teams are going to have to spend time considering which takes them away from practicing against other aspects of that offense.
2: Totally. Plus you have Dalvin I, cook too, that if you spend too much time on Jefferson halfback and you start working Dalvin cook in, yeah, you've yeah, you just stretch them wide and then you can do so much with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just all about getting the ball in your play, your best playmakers hands as soon as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. yeah, that'll be int- an interesting one. Maybe when we get to San Francisco, we talk about how they utilize Debo Samuel a little bit in the backfield, uh, in, uh, this game very effectively. But do you think, do you um, think Clint
1: called up Gary for this one? It's like, Hey dad, what would you do if you were offensive coordinator again this year?
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm sure Clint and Gary just talk like c- Gary might as well just have an office remaining in, oh. uh, MetLife stadium or, or not MetLife. What, what's, What's that stadium in Minnesota called?
1: I don't know. It's fucking
0: awesome, though. Come on. m Bank or something. something. I don't know. That, sound, that sounds about right. Um.
1: All right. Well, let's get State on to my bonus. Fact checking. USA, <laughs> U.S. Bank
0: Stadium. U.S. Bank. I have to do There everything. we go. Yeah. Yes, you do, actually. Um, it's U.S.
2: Bank Stadium. Thank you.
0: <laughs> thanks for the double confirm. All right. Uh, moving on to Cowboys at the Chiefs. So uh, this was my bonus pick. The Cowboys, uh, or yeah, the Chiefs for two and a half point favorites And this one. I thought the Cowboys getting points was insane. Uh, based, I know the Chiefs put up 41 last week. They looked to get their offense going a little bit. I thought Cowboys are the better team right now. Shouldn't be giving up points. But the Chiefs just got to Dak. In this one, Um, they pressured him 24 times per PFFs count. He was sacked five times. And that's four wins in a row now for the Chiefs. They're at seven and four. Um, They're tops in that division. They are sitting where fourth. So tied tied with New England in record, but fourth, losing the tiebreaker to New England currently in the AFC. And (laughs) people miss their shot right like you, you had an opportunity with the chiefs struggling early and it feels like all these teams the bills the ravens to some degree the titans the chargers in within that division they all missed an opportunity here and i'm not saying the chiefs are fixed they had their own issues in this game it was 19 to 9 it's not like they blew the doors off dallas necessarily but they just keep racking up wins now and they're gonna be scary come playoff time.
1: I mean, this game is exactly how I thought it would go, quite frankly, other than no. Good the Cowboys you. not putting up points. if you if the Cowboys if you had two and a half with the Cowboys, the best offense in the NFL right now on paper, or yeah, prior to last week, and you said the Chiefs were gonna score nineteen, would you take the two and a half a hundred percent time? No. Yeah, right. Totally. They the Chiefs didn't score in the second half again, essentially. They, in four of their last five games, they've scored twelve points total in the second half. Second like half they've been I'm not gonna say figured out, but that offense has been not effective once there's been defensive adjustments. I think the Dallas Cowboys defense still played lights out. I mean, the the early points came on short yardage. Um after, uh, I think it was a DAC interception, right? They got the ball Mm -hmm. back inside the 20 again. And if Cedric Wilson had a drop, I believe, but Mm -hmm. um, Noah Brown was absolutely egregious. He he had two targets, Mm -hmm. Noah Brown, exactly. But that was basically who was taking over the third receiver role. And he had... I believe it was two drops on third down conversions, and those are killer. Mm-hmm. So losing yep. Cooper for the entire game, and then CD Lamb for half the game, they just weren't able to recover. But still, I, I, I and then shit, I I didn't want to talk about. It, but why the fuck does Mike McCarthy have a job? <laughs> Twenty-one <laughs> seconds left in the second half. Two timeouts in your fucking pocket. Like this isn't Thanksgiving. We're not taking home leftovers like call yeah. your damn timeouts and you've got Dak getting to the line having to throw trying to conserve time on the clock what are you going to do so is say that drops incomplete you have 15 seconds left you still need two damn timeouts at that point no yeah. take it with 30 seconds left and then you can fucking manage the clock like a normal damn human being I don't know what he does because he doesn't call plays he doesn't do special teams he doesn't do defense get him the fuck out of there that that if If it was 10 to 16 going into halftime, completely different game. Yeah. Completely different
0: game. I'm convinced that Mike McCarthy and Mike Zimmer both think that if you have timeouts in your pocket when the game or the half ends, you get additional points. Uh, that's the only logical explanation for the usage. I really thought you were going to say that Mike McCarthy—they
1: were—they were snacks. They turn into fucking Kit Kat bars or something. Like that's the only <laughs> reason that I can see him wanting to hang on to those. It was—it was egregious, especially in a time where you—you just—you don't have. I, I consider CD Lamb the better receiver than Cooper, quite frankly, just because of um, Cooper has a history of drops, not that Lamb hasn't had a couple this year. But you're losing one of your top targets in Cooper. Get settled. Let's let's take some time, get acclimated to the situation, and then go try to score. At the very least, get three points out of that. And that right. that's a hundred percent on Mike McCarthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have much else to add there. Um this was from a scoring standpoint, a much more boring game than I thought it was going to be. Um, but chiefs cover are are the chiefs, are the chiefs, right? Like, are you, are they, are they fixed? I don't think so. But so you you mentioned like their their struggles in the second half of games here. They're still getting, I think a little bit of weird turnover, like bad turnover luck right now. Um, I believe there was another ball that was dropped by a receiver that got intercepted in this one from Holmes. Um he's had way more of those than I think those are called fumbles according to to Randy Holmes. <laughs> according to Randy, yeah. <laughs> um but so they're they're dealing with some weird stuff. I I think they're they're getting right a little bit um of those 24 pressures they had. I want to say something like 8 of them came from Chris Jones. So uh, a guy that they need to produce on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah. He they had got three something. sacks all year, three and a half sacks in this game. The yeah. Cowboys had given up 11 sacks all year and they gave up five this game. Like this was, yeah. this was unexpected to me from the front that the Kansas city chiefs were able to to put up and the, the their last opponents were all lesser. And so we just kind of, you know, wrote off that the defense was being successful because they're playing lesser competition this one uh, still an asterisk. If you're missing CV Lamb and Amari Cooper, um, I think if any if there's any takeaway from this game, it's that investing in the offensive line is totally worth it because uh, Tyron Smith being out, I think, completely sank them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we've we've seen this different sides of this debate. Um, with other teams this year, you know, specifically like the Bengals and Joe Burrow, right. And the Jamar right. chase pick over Penny and all this stuff. I think at the end of the day, if you can protect a quarterback, you can put pieces around them that maybe aren't explosive, but like what the Patriots are doing with a lot of complimentary pieces that can ultimately still give you a successful offense. But if you can't block, none of it matters really. Right.
2: Yeah. All right. Where are we going next? Intern, um, um I do think it's super important to talk about the fact that the Chiefs are four and zero when Jackson Mahomes is not at the stadium. Um they've gone on a win streak since Jackson stopped showing up and he's been way less on TikTok. I honestly I honestly think it was a distraction. It was like a personal life distraction and he was like, Bro, like you can't you can't fucking come if you're gonna be doing bro, shit like this. Bro, you're my bro, but you can't be my bro here. Is no, he the
1: banned? Or just not? No, he just like, hasn't been. He hasn't been there. Dance moves that he's on.
2: Dancing with the freaking. <laughs> dancing Wanderly with the stars. TikTok stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he hasn't been there and they've kept winning. So if I'm Pat Mahomes, I'm looking Jackson right in the face. And I'm saying, stay the fuck away from the stadium until the end of the season, bro. I keep saying it. Pay your.
1: I'll pay. You. Yeah. To seriously. stay the fuck away from social media and even the game. I mean, <laughs> Baker Mayfield's wife came out today. Basically, threw the entire Bengals team under the bus, saying that Mayfield's playing through all this shit. He's she has never seen anybody as tough as he is in recent history, and you guys need to toughen up. And I'm like, okay, I see a longest yard situation happening on the first play next game. I'm just like, okay, you don't think we're tough enough? Let up? him by. Yep. Let's yep. see
2: how five dudes running straight at you feel. Yeah. Well, with all this talk about Baker, I mean. You saw that game, or do you keep him out there now? Like, he looks hurt, like injured. Like, I, what do you think based on how close this Browns Lions game was? I think you keep him out there is basically how you
1: run a running back into the ground on their first contract and just say, <laughs> okay, let's see what we can get out of you, but we don't expect you here long term. That game in particular was one to
0: say, this is not our long term solution.
1: I, I think, John, you texted yeah. me that the Seals, Baker's fate.
0: I, I think so. I mean, I, I know he's playing hurt, and that's going to factor into some of these discussions from a contract standpoint. But Baker was fifteen of twenty-nine for 176 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. He had two big time throws, two turnover worthy plays. I mean, this was a game the Browns were favored by 13 and they, they scored, scored 13. 13 points. They won by three against the Tim Boyle led Lions. I mean it's just
1: can we get Tim Boyle's line up there real quick while we're, like, when we're <laughs> sure. talking about how successful this was. So Lions 10 points on 15 and 23 from Tim Boyle for 77 yards and two interceptions.
0: And they got 10 points. Yep. Uh, three additional turnover worthy plays as well. That 3.3 yards per attempt is like so jarring to see. <laughs> I mean, Tim Boyle, God bless him through twice as many interceptions as touchdowns in college, somehow still has uh, an NFL contract. I don't know for how much longer, although it sounds like he, uh, he will be starting more than likely uh, this Thursday against the bears. But um, yeah, that was, that was rough.
1: That's going to be tough. You guys have to face two backup quarterbacks week after week.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, you just can't prepare for those backups. It's like, that, that might be the, blessing, everyone knows right? it's way harder to play. Nat, quarterback.
1: Nagy's law or not Nagy, but the bears have lost nine straight games coming off their bye week and now they lost to the Ravens coming off their bye week with, uh, with Huntley as their starting quarterback. I think if we're, if we're done with the, the Lions and Browns, yeah. we can move on to that one.
0: Yeah. Um, that was, that was rough. Um I think it, it, in all seriousness I think the only reason Matt Nagy is still head coach of the Bears today is because they had 5 days between games or 2 games in 5 days and um I'm it sounds like come Friday um barring some sort of magnificent magnificent result against the Lions um that Matt Nagy's m- could be gone what does a um, magnificent result mean I, I, I like like a 40 point you know effort explosion from the offense from Andy Dalton I was going to say um, cuz it's
1: from Andy Dalton now his boy he finally gets to you know put the true <laughs> right. game plan for the season together yeah we got Justin it's, out of there and we can we can uh proceed with the red rocket
0: yeah it's you know this red one Rock. was um we, we don't have to stay on it too long here. It was a 16-13 game, uh, pretty bad game overall. If you are a red zone watcher, you saw maybe like three plays from this <laughs> whole game, honestly. But um, yeah, this this was a bad one for the Bears. The Bears defense, again, late in the game, couldn't get a stop. Um, and the players are pissed. And some of the reports coming out today is that Nagy's completely lost the locker room uh jalen johnson their number one corner talked to the media after the game and more or less like it it was a veiled shot but not if you pay attention to matt Nagy's press conferences at, every week um there's a veiled shot at Nagy, basically saying like look it doesn't matter if we say we're gonna do x y or z like it, we need to play we need to show up we need to be ready um it's it's bad. It's real bad. And I don't think he makes it to week. Well, I guess he, he will make it to week 12. I don't know if he makes it to week 13.
1: Yeah, no, it's like an elevator, right? You just cross that one off the list, move on to week 14. No, um, Andy, <laughs> I mean, this game was truly much closer than it even should have been because 109 of Dalton's yards came on two passes. One was, I believe, a screen pass, right? A screen a pass a that second. Moni
0: took sixty yards for a touchdown, and, and then, then
1: the other one was a broken coverage. That I
0: mean, it
1: he put the ball, the ball was in the air be. for yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we get to Tua, we can talk about how uh, is that is that an NFL throw or is that just an expectation, right? And yeah, that was right. just the if you don't if you can't make that throw, you don't deserve to even be David Blau, right? Like this is you. Mm-hmm he there was no creativity no anything i i'm not a bears fan um and normally i like to see you suffer but this is just <laughs> it's just too much like stop this he he's writing what he was able to do with patrick mahomes and in the thing, it's pretty clear that that was probably on patrick mahomes more than it was on
0: that but it wasn't at even at mahomes it was uh, alex. alex smith that last year and he really only called plays for about four games um that that season so yeah this one is... of them was
1: the 17th game when Mahomes made his no, I'm just uh
0: it was actually week 17 yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah um, um and then yeah uh,
1: my last take on this game was that I uh, with what Tyler Huntley put on film in the preseason I was expecting a hell of a lot more from him mm-hmm. so I think that this is one where, I, I don't know if it was the late notice or what, but uh, he he doesn't look like the heir apparent to Lamar Jackson by any means. And I think that this one, I, I was curious how this would affect the contract negotiations if Huntley came out and involved because Lamar Jackson's acting his own agent and he, he's potentially got a, a limited lifespan from, from his explosive plays perspective but right now uh,
0: I think it's very clear Ravens are completely dependent on Lamar. Yeah. Uh, Huntley was not great. I mean, they got the ball out quick and you know, he, I guess did what was asked of him, but um, until that last drive anyway, he didn't really make many plays. So yeah, yeah. Uh, not necessarily the kind of game that you're thinking, Oh, maybe we can move on from Lamar so easily, but yeah, but we should move on from this game. So Anyway, um, J-Rob, you threw up the Dolphins and Jets. I will never pass up an opportunity to let Toaster roast to a Tagovailoa. Uh, But the Dolphins win this one 24-17. to 17. They cover the spread. And Toaster, I'll give you the floor.
1: It was 14-14 going into the fourth quarter. The fuck? It's too... Like, <laughs> this, in, at that point, you're talking about a completely... People are talking about how... It, Oh, the knock on Tua is he can't throw the deep ball, but he threw a sixty-five yard to Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins might as well have been in a fucking different stadium than the Jets entirely. He was open by at least fifteen, if not twenty yards, and still yeah. had to tiptoe to not go out of bounds after that yeah. throw. Like uh, it just Tua does absolutely nothing. The fact that they couldn't score inside—I believe they were inside the twenty going into at, at halftime. Um I just to me this was the game where I thought this would be the nail in the coffin for Tua if they lost and I'm still not convinced that it isn't and as a Patriots fan I'm actually happy that they won this game because maybe that keeps enough to a hope alive to say maybe he's our our, our long-term answer and we don't have to move on but to lose by seven to a Joe Flacco led Jets team
0: I have this is just bad football. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, I mean, it was bad football. It's two bad teams. Uh Tua though, it, I'm sure you've seen I know.
1: Yeah, I know. I am fucking ranking his... work. And I mean, I think I've been fair that I don't agree that Mac Jones should be rated as high as he is from week to week. Um yeah. what, what was his average depth of target?
0: Um Tua's was
1: five point two, I believe.
0: 5.1 yeah yeah
1: so and that was with a 35 yard pass downfield to Mac collins so yeah we can just yep. extrapolate there if without that pass he would have been the lowest ranked quarterback from average depth of target last week so yeah. he, he's not you're relying on explosive plays or plays after the catch from a jalen waddle uh Gasicki is still a matchup nightmare and he's i mean he's five receptions of Gasicki, four re, four to Smythe one to Shaheen, like he's not throwing exceptional balls. He's right, just getting the ball out there. He's an everyday dude to me and isn't offering anything in the running game. Like It'd be one thing if this is a Cam Newton, which he actually was able to throw the ball downfield, surprisingly, this week. But if it was, he's throwing, or let's use Jalen Hurts. I think that's probably a better example, right? If he's throwing screens behind the line of scrimmage where uh, the defensive backs have to give Both him credit and the receivers credit, then that's something. But he's offering nothing in the running game. I just i I don't see it. And
0: and the Hertz comparison, like Hertz challenges defense. He pushes the ball downfield. Yeah, I think he was
1: 15 yards average depth of target this week. Right? Was it 15, 13?
0: uh, Hertz was 8.8, but he's he's regularly above 10. Yeah. Um so he's he's trying to make those big plays. uh yeah. To uh he doesn't do it for me necessarily either. Um but <laughs> I always love hearing uh your two rants. But yeah, let's get to Saints and Eagles here speaking of Jalen Hurts. Eagles whoop up on the Saints 40 to 29 or they drop a 40 burger anyway. Um I like what we're seeing from the Eagles right now. They they went from basically never running the ball to <laughs> running the ball 50 times in this game for 242 yards against arguably the best rushing defense in the NFL. This was very impressive. Um, the Eagles find themselves now, you know, they're right there. The Saints are still in that seventh spot, but the Saints are obviously trending in the wrong direction with Trevor Simeon starting um and the Eagles are sitting there at five and six so I mean the Eagles have as good a shot as any of these other teams really to capture that last wild card spot in the NFC I like what we're seeing from them right now um are the Saints it, it, should we be writing them off at this point I don't know if we have to write them off because
1: I think it's been clear for some time that Alvin Kamara- is the star of that offense it's similar to when do you judge the panthers when cmc is not in the game right like those they are difference makers i just i haven't seen anything out of simeon to make me think that they can ever compete with anybody like i mean the bucks do you expect the saints are never going to beat the bucks with trevor simeon at quarterback that happened already actually um but (laughs) (laughs) um or do you like? Do you just there's no inspiring there. And again, this is it's got to be at least the third game where he's done nothing until the fourth quarter. So yep. if they can just lock it up, if the opposing team can lock it up, or Simeon can figure out what the hell is wrong with his head until that fourth quarter when he finally starts playing free, um, I they they can still be feisty enough with that defense. I I I did not see this one coming, quite frankly. It's not that I didn't think that the eagles could win it's that i didn't see them putting up damn near 250 yards rushing against the saints defense
0: yeah definitely i thought if they were going to win it was going to be jalen hurts airing it out and having a big game through the air um yeah this good win for the eagles um you know saints i guess they're just going to keep trying to tread water here but uh this was this was a pretty good game for the nfc playoff picture for sure (laughs)
2: Right. Are you scared of the take- Eagles the way they're running the football? Because like, if they keep running like this, your offense isn't going to see the field. Like, are you if you're a team like but, non-division? Are you worried? The Eagles are five and
0: six, right? So I I suppose there's a shot they can make their way to the sixth seed in the NFC. But of those teams that they would likely be playing, Cardinals, Packers, Cowboys, Bucks, yeah. Rams, do. Should the Eagles scare any of those teams? I don't really think so. Maybe the Cowboys because of the divisional component there. But I think the linebacking core from all
1: five of the top teams in the NFC is too strong to be worried about not being able to contain Hurts and let Miles Sanders uh, run wild. I, I, I think that they can contain them.
2: Yeah. Uh, would you be worried, though, that maybe they'd steal a home field advantage from somebody? They've got the New York Giants, the New York Jets, the Washington football team, the New York Giants, the Washington football team, and Dallas to finish the rest of the year. I mean,
1: the only way they steal a home field advantage is if they win if they win the division over the Cowboys. So yeah. I, I don't think so, Okay. quite frankly. I mean, the, the, it's not like the Cowboys schedule is a cakewalk by any means. Raiders, Saints, Cardinals, um, and what is potentially a now feisty Washington football team. I didn't understand. I didn't think that that would happen. Um, But I I just don't see the Cowboys losing enough games that the, the Eagles could steal a home game. But I do, I do think that that is a dynamic that if you get the Eagles at home, it's, it's a different ball game for them. They, they've been impressive and that's a traditionally hard place to go into and be successful.
0: Yep. All right. Um, I want to take us to the Colts and Bills. So the Colts stuck it to the Bills. 41 to 15. Bills were a seven-point favorite in this one. Jonathan Taylor, 32 carries.
1: Welcome to the school of fucking midseason hard knocks, bitches.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the Colts kicked it off with a bang, huh? Um, Jonathan Taylor, 32 carries, 185 yards, four tuds on the ground. Is he I mean, there's people talking, throwing his name as like the potential MVP front runner right now, based on what we've seen from some of these other guys. He deserves to be in the conversation. Yeah, no,
1: I mean, you can't discredit him, especially when you've had so many top teams that have fallen off and typically not fallen off, but had bad losses. And typically you associate that with the quarterback and not with the rest of the team. He's I mean, five touchdowns in any game you've got to give them consideration. I mean, last year, would you say Kamara was definitely the MVP for the Saints? I would. And this year, Taylor's definitely the MVP for the Colts. And if the Colts can find a way to move their way not only into playoff position, but potentially into the lead for the AFC South with what the Titans are doing right now, like Mm -hmm. it's completely possible.
0: Yeah. And this was a big one. Like, you know, right now the Bills are sitting in that last playoff spot in the AFC the Colts are a half game behind them, but now have that head to head tiebreaker, which is important it, from the bill side of this thing. Josh Allen was bad. He yeah. was 21 to 35, two interceptions. He had four additional turnover worthy plays. Um, he threw for 200 yard, 209 yards, had two touchdowns. The bills are one and three against the AFC South. Somehow <laughs> five and one against everybody else. Um, This one, the Bills, just every time you think they're, okay, we got it going. It's like one of these games happens. Um, What do you think is their biggest issue right now from a consistency standpoint? Is it Josh Allen?
1: Uh, Josh Allen's definitely regressed, so um, we will give you the, the credit for that one. I just think that they, quite frankly, they got artificially inflated based on what they were able to do early in the year against bad teams. Like they were, they were ranked number two in rushing DVOA, I believe coming into this game and, and Jonathan Taylor just absolutely wiped his ass with them. And I think that that's because when you're playing, when you've had the leads that you have, you get stats that make it look like you're a better defender against the rush, right? Like the Texans, when they were down what 38 to nothing, 45 to three, I don't remember what it was. You're, you're not rushing you're running the ball anymore. So um, yeah. how those metrics are put together, I think that, that there's just a lot of volatility in them. And this, I said it before that all the Colts need to do is get into the playoffs and they can make waves because they're built like, to me, what a traditional Bill Belichick coach team is. And that says, we're going to smash you in the mouth on defense. We're going to smash you in the mouth in the run game. And hopefully our quarterback doesn't fuck it up right? The, the luxury for Belichick was that he had a much better quarterback to be able to, you know, carry the difference, but Mm -hmm. they, if what they're doing on defense and what they're doing in the running game is other, other teams need to be terrified. And I'd be probably more terrified of them than I would be the Patriots
0: at this point. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to face a running back like Jonathan Taylor late in the season when he's just going to ram you and it's, cold out i know know the colts do play in a dome but i mean that's just that's a scary team it's it's definitely a scary team um i'm i want to see something from the bills here though i mean i i felt like josh allen would regress but they to me going into the season like six and four i their losses have been bad really bad Right. right Um, so we need to see something from them, but that bottom of the AFC, well, really top to bottom that the AFC playoff race is pretty tight right now. It's, it's it's going to be a good finish.
1: I mean, yeah, the difference between being in the playoffs and being out of the playoffs is one game for all, but four teams in the division. And I think that people are Find to count out the Dolphins, Texans, Jaguars, and Jets. Everybody else is basically
0: within a game of being in the playoffs. Yeah. So it's going to be a good one um, down the stretch here. And honestly, in the NFC as well, um, there's a lot of really intriguing. I don't know. I guess there's a lot of intriguing teams at the bottom of that. We talked about the Saints already. We've talked about the Eagles, the 49ers. Uh, If you don't mind switching to this one, 49ers beat, beat up on the Jags. They're are six and a half point favorites. They win 30 to 10. I don't think there's any, anything about this game that changes necessarily um, my perception of either of these teams other than San Francisco is definitely clicking. Um, You know, they're five and five now. I think I was ready to, you know, basically uh, rule them dead a few weeks ago and uh they're right back in this thing so i I mean are you jimmy g's been a big reason why i haven't been overly impressed but i will i do need to give him a little more credit i think than i have been what have you seen from him and the niners that makes you think maybe they could make some noise here
1: if they can get that rushing game going the problem is that they they're down to jeff wilson jr right like that if they had their top two running backs. I think that this team is competitive and Jimmy G is exactly what we thought he was a serviceable quarterback. And when you give him a dynamic playmaker like Debo Samuel, Samuel, I mean, he only had one reception in this game, but um, actually led the team in rushing. He had eight
0: carries he, for 79 yards. Yeah. 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 But touchdown. you give him,
1: you give him the option of Debo Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, who's, starting to make a little bit of a comeback and then the, the constant mismatch in George Kittle, he can get it done, but the, the offense runs through the rushing game and they got 42 carries in this game and they, I can't take too much from this one, quite frankly, because right. that Jacksonville offense is, is just so pitiful. And they, the game script allows Mike Shanahan to do exactly what he wants to do, which is run the ball.
0: Yep. Kyle Shanahan,
1: Mike. Oh, Mike. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mike Shanahan and uh, Gary Kubiak in the league right now.
0: Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Um, All right. I, again, I don't think we need to linger on that one too much longer. Um, Staying in the NFC West though, the Cardinals go to Seattle with Colt McCoy starting no Kyler Murray, no Deandre Hopkins and they beat Seattle with Russell Wilson, twenty-three I say, to thirteen. I thought, I thought
1: you were gonna say. Speaking of not lingering too much longer, what's Russell Wilson's future after this fucking showing?
0: <laughs> yeah, this one. Um, I, I in my notes I wrote the Seahawks are dead. Cause of death: a thousand paper cuts from Colt McCoy. Like they couldn't hey, let's stop not him think about finger
1: injuries with Russell Wilson. It's too too soon.
0: Fair. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, the Seahawks just look broken. They defensively they they lost their best corner in this game. Trey Brown uh, gets injured. They can't stop anybody. Jamal Adams is not living up to that contract at all. I think he had like one splash play in this one. Um, it's it's bad. It's dire. They don't have a first round pick. They are very likely going to need to move on from Russell Wilson and I wouldn't exactly say that his trade value is increasing all that much. Um he'll still he'll still have value on the on the market. I mean, he'll still have I, value. I think,
1: that, I think that this is this to me was the game that they pick Russell Wilson over Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll is supposed to be a defensive guru and they couldn't stop Colt fucking 23 McCoy.
0: Yeah um i mean credit to colt mccoy like this was the formula that worked for them a couple weeks ago they got ahead and mccoy just didn't make mistakes right and he actually made a couple really nice plays in this game um you know breaking tackles in the backfield extending a play and making a throw and i mean they just broke the seahawks back on third downs in this one yeah, i was
1: gonna say not they couldn't stop them on third down for to save their lives
0: yeah and or i was so perceived. i was at this game and the the energy in the stadium on each of those third downs was just like brutal. Um, but it, you know, the Cardinals, this, this was an awesome, awesome win for them. They were on the f- awesome win because they were on the fence about playing Kyler. It seems like they were really thinking about getting him in this game. I'm glad they didn't give him as much time to rest as possible. they won two of the three games That he hasn't played in. They're still the number one seed in the NFC right now. This was a good win. It wasn't overly impressive against what I think is kind of a bad Seahawks team. But it was a very good win for them overall to keep them afloat. And maybe they get Kyler back next game now. We'll see.
1: Yeah. No. um, Week week 14 or week, I guess, 13 will be good to see him and hopefully D hop back on the field and figure out what truly the team at the top of the power rankings looks like, because we haven't seen it for three weeks now. And it's just yeah. been, you talked about death by a thousand paper cuts. It's just been um, increasing by the detriment of everybody else losing, right? Like the Packers going down, right. the bills going down. Like there's, there's just no conversation the, the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL right now on paper um yeah they definitely are yeah but speaking of what colt mccoy wasn't able to do last week um the last game i'm interested in is just the spoiling of cam newton's homecoming with the Mm. carolina panthers um taylor heineke just he balled quite frankly like the stats don't jump off the page but he did nothing wrong was he pff's top graded passer this week
0: uh he was he had an 87.5 passing grade um yeah the numbers don't jump off the page but 9.4 yards per attempt 12.9 yard or average depth of target i mean he he was making plays he's a fucking gamer dude i feel like we we've talked about him maybe three or four times already this year just keeping them in games he's not you know overly talented Um, I, I still think that they need to be looking for a long-term solution at that position, but he's, he's balling. Um, this was impressive. And, uh, like you said, kind of spoiled Cam Newton's, um, return, but Cam had himself a pretty good game as well.
1: Yeah, no, he, he looked far better than I expected him to, but, uh, Taylor's just been grinding out drives, right? Like the, Mm -hmm. the Panthers were set up to win this game through, through halftime and it was just they started off the third quarter with almost a 10 minute possession and then they had two drives at the end of the game to just grind it out cam and the panthers were unable to come up with two fourth and threes back to back and it, it, i'm just sad for cam like i thought this was the one right like it would have been yeah. come on nfl you're you're an entertainment business not a freaking not a really a sports business this is about entertainment let's get the cam newton taylor heinecke already had his time right like mm-hmm. that was that was against the bucks they freaking did the unexpected so give give cam this one what the fuck <laughs> i thought all these games were rigged anyways
0: yeah throw some flags out there like let's yeah. go some random taunting penalties yeah all right um think, yeah, last one more you say? All right one more yeah, one more that I, I think is worth mentioning. Uh the Texans beat the Titans 22 to 13. Just big ol' yikes. Um Ryan Tannehill, four interceptions, seven additional turnover worthy plays. Tyrod Taylor only had 107 passing yards, 28 rushing yards. He did have two rushing touchdowns, but this I think was a wake up call for the Titans. Um ooh, boy. This, this is bad. 10-point favorites. They lose by nine. And
1: then they get the Patriots next week, so they could completely come out, just lay their dicks down, and everybody forgets about this game because the, the Titans have lost games against the Jets, the Texans, and the Cardinals this year, and they've beaten some of the top powerhouses in the AFC. Yeah. I, they, I just This is where I kind of saw Tannehill. I... I have not believed in his resurgence. I think that a lot of that has been predicated on, um, we've said that play action doesn't necessarily, isn't required um, to have a decent running game behind it, but that threat of that running game and Derrick Henry provides a better threat to that running game than most any other running back in the NFL. And I think that that's just extra attention and to give up four interceptions to, uh, Houston, you would have thought that these stat lines were reversed and this was Davis Mills versus Ryan right. right?
0: Totally. Yeah. Um, it's not a good look when you're being asked to be relied on more as a, a fairly highly paid quarterback. And these are the results you're getting against one of the three worst teams in football. So, um, big loss for the Titans. Uh, I mean, I feel like Every team that takes over the top spot in the AFC is like immediately losing. Uh, Yeah, there's a curse there. They're they're still the number one seed uh, by way of having an extra game on the Ravens. But um, yeah, uh, wake up call for the Titans. They better figure their shit out. Yeah,
1: Um, I guess there was one more game that we didn't hit on. And speaking of worst three teams in the league, do the Raiders fall into that category now?
0: They're they're making their way they're there. Close. Okay. Yeah. I, and, yeah. I mean, they're wh- what's their uh, streak right now? Because they're still like you know marginally. They're five and five, right? But mm-hmm. um, they've just been on a tailspin. Um,
1: they lost three against the Giants, the Chiefs, and now the Bengals. Um, combined the. Giants was the closest game and that was by 7 but then they lost by 27 to Kansas City and now 19 to to Cincinnati and take on Dallas next week. So uh not yeah. not looking great for them.
0: Um no. I- taking on Dallas and Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard right after Joe Mixon gave them 30 for 123 and two touchdowns on the ground. So uh Bengals ran the ball 38 times for 159 yards. Dallas might be using that blueprint against the Raiders next week. Yeah. Okay. Well, that covers all the games. So, um, good work guys. Uh, anything else we, we talked about Taysom Hill and his funky ass deal at the top of the show. Anything else stand out to you right now as we head into week 12?
1: I I don't know. I don't want to point my finger at any one thing. I might get a taunting call. (laughs)
2: Uh Colts are scary. Eagles scare the shit out of me. Um, and I was thinking about this. Mike McCarthy is like Michael Scott when he realizes in the expense report that if he uh like has like they save money, he gets a bigger bonus. So maybe he's like, wait, so if I save timeouts, I get a bigger (laughs) bonus, right? And they're like, Yeah, yeah. And then now all the teams like finding out, and now they're like losing faith. yeah whoever
0: whoever told him that uh early on in his coaching career was uh really fucking up things for the dallas cowboys right now oh yeah um all right cool well good show guys we'll get out on that um week 12 we've got thanksgiving coming up so So we're gonna have a
1: count in his like what 140 million or something like that no i think it was what was it 60 million
0: yeah, Cortland Sutton, they got him on a steal. And Tim Patrick, honestly. That was that was a very, very good couple of signings for the Broncos, setting themselves up for uh, maybe a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers next year. I don't know.
2: I'd be more happy with uh, Russell than Aaron at this point because Aaron's just annoying. But either <laughs> hey, way, it beats Teddy Dude, it's worse than turf toe. He made that a point. And then he said he was he's like, Yeah, but you know, I'm gonna make sure I you know get treatment. And you like, You are you gonna get immunized against your toe? Um, just yeah. to make sure that everything's okay. But I'm the gonna fact inject that he was cells like, from my left toe into my right toe, and it's gonna be better. Yeah, the guy interviewing him was like, Yeah, so it's like a turf toe, right? And he's like, No, it hurts more than turf toe. Just like what very doosh. deadpan, like just like, no, I'm going through way more than that, but I don't really want Is to. Is he talk rehabbing about it. 19 hours a day? Does he even care um, with his toe? I think he's more <laughs> doing like 27. Um, oh, okay. He found, he hit up Joe Rogan and found out how to get more hours in the day if he took like a certain protein shake. So DMT. He's, the- he's just like in the dreamscape <laughs> for like extra hours. Yeah. Yeah. Did- so time goes super, super slow.
1: I'm not a 24-7 guy. I'm a 27-4 guy. I give 115% four days a week.
2: Yeah. There you go. I, uh, Dude, think that math adds up <laughs> we got a good we like. We got a lot of kind of frauds or for real matchups this coming week holy shit all right well then stick tune or stay
1: tuned for your and st- just avoid your family and listen to us on thursday about that
0: yes exactly put us in get football on the t te- oh put us in oh that was aggressive <laughs> <laughs> put us in your ear uh <laughs> throw football on the tv you said rear ear oh let's come on head out of the
2: gutter and uh yeah well there's gonna be a lot of you guys on thursday a lot of debates gonna be had oh i can't wait lion have a good one everybody number one